Good morning, my family. I want to welcome you to the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. What a wonderful time to worship. Hey, church, uh, we want to welcome those coming into the, to the house here, New Beginnings, and of course, those watching from afar. It's time to worship, and it's a good day to worship the Lord. Amen. Awesome. I mean, you guys enjoying that beautiful weather we're having outside? And it feels pretty good be without a jacket for at least better part of the day. Amen. Why don't we go before the Lord in prayer? Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you, Lord, for what you're doing, Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your spirit in this place, Lord, and allowing us to be in this place with you, Jesus. Lord, we welcome your, your spirit, Lord, and thank you, Lord, for welcoming us, Lord, into your house, Lord. Now we sing to you, Lord, about your goodness, Lord. Jesus' name, why don't we worship together, church? Come on. You God brought me through. Come on, sing it with us. And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. Right. I'm moving forward to follow after you. And now I'm ready for whatever. So come now, Lord, like me. 
I just want to speak the name of Jesus And over every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus Come on Cause I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Let's sing it together Cause your name is power Your name is healing Your name is love
you, Lord. Come on. Give him glory this morning. Give him praise because he's all worthy of it. We speak the name of Jesus. Amen. It says, Lord, your name is power. Your name is life. It breaks strongholds. It breaks our chains. It gives us healing. Amen. So today we're going to sing that over our families. Come on, I just speak the name of Jesus. Because I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Over every heart and every mind. Because I know there is peace within the presence. I speak Jesus. Father God, we come before you this morning here in your house, Lord. Many of us coming in to seek your peace. Many of us coming in to seek your love, God. And today, Lord, we rejoice as sons and daughters of the Most High God because your peace, your love, it has a name, God. And that name is power. And that name is healing, God. That name is Jesus, Lord. And we are here to proclaim your name over our lives, over our homes, over our families, over the city of Albuquerque, Lord, over this nation, God. We are here to speak your name. And so, Lord, I pray a blessing, Lord, and I speak your name over every single person here gathered in person or watching online or listening back to this days, weeks, months later, God. We speak Jesus here at New Beginnings Church. We're thankful and we're grateful, Lord, for all that you are, all that you do. It's in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen and amen, church. In the same spirit of worship, Let's take a moment, let's greet one another as worship comes to an end this morning. Well, good morning, good morning, New Beginnings family. How we doing today? Oh, we are awake, we're alive. I, I see we all got coffee and donuts on the way in. Fantastic, love to hear it. Well, as the rest of us make our way back to, to, to our Siege Church, I want to let you all know my name is David. I'm the youth minister here at New Beginnings Church. If we haven't met yet, hey, let's change that after service. I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to get to know you. We really are just one big family here at New Beginnings, and that's why I love being here week in and week out. And before we get started with anything else, we got a couple of quick announcements for you guys. First, I'm really excited to announce family. Camp registration is now open for Camp 2023. But by show of hands, I know we got some youth over here. How many of us have been to camp before? By show of hands, some of us. Yeah, look at that, look at that. We love camp. We've been doing camp Bonita Park for like 40 years now, church. It's been a tradition that's survived the test of time. And I'll tell you what, guys, the Spirit of God moves like nobody's business every year at camp. And so, if, and so camp is available for students who are now finishing third grade. 
uh, going into fourth grade all the way on up to our graduated seniors. Uh, camp is an amazing, amazing event that we do. It's going to be happening May 29th through June 2nd this year, so mark your calendars. And after service, come and see me at the desk right over there. It has a little cloud uh, that says camp registration now open. You can, uh, if you have any questions, if you want to get registered right now, we can take care of that today. And we're super excited for that church. And on top of uh, camp, another thing we've got going on is how many of you guys remember uh, Parents Night Out? It's something we do very often uh, with NB Kids. Next, uh, this coming Saturday, rather than doing Parents Night Out, we're doing Family Night Out, our Valentine's Day dance church. We've, this is also one of those traditions. We've been doing this since, since when I was about NB Kids age, man. It's a fantastic thing that they do every single year. This Saturday, February 11th at 6 p.m., NB Kids Parent and Child Dance. It's going to be an amazing event. It's a free event right here at the church. We're going to be hosting it in our youth room for any of you parents who have kids uh, over there in the kids' wing with Miss Jessica right now. Again, that's this Saturday from 6 to 9 p.m. And at the same time that that's happening, uh, youth, we're going to be going to Cool Springs. So uh, meet, we're meeting here at the same time as the Valentine's Day dance. 6 p.m. we'll be getting uh, together and carpooling over to Cool Springs is right down the street. Really excited to take the youth out for the night at the same time all this is happening. And uh, you know, church, there's just so many amazing things happening in the life of our students, happening in the kids' wing and in the youth wing. And we want to invite you into these events, into these opportunities to serve. If you've not found a place to start volunteering here yet, church, I want to invite you to check out this QR code that's right behind me. You can very easily access our volunteer application form. We also have that on our website at, at NBCABQ.com. Uh, you know, church, we're called to serve. We're called to be a part of what God's doing here at New Beginnings Church. And so if you haven't found your spot for that yet, I want to invite you to check out that QR code and come talk to me, come talk to Pastor Mike, to whatever department head you might be interested in, uh, whether it's AV media over here or even, you know, if you're a musician, we need musicians up here on this platform. I know we always need a hand in the youth and in the kids, for the ushers, for the greeters, all over the place, church. So I want to invite you to consider volunteering if you haven't already done so. And church, of course, None of these things that we do, this Parents' Night Out, this, you know, Cool Springs uh, camp, everything that we do here is because of you, church, because of your continuous faithfulness in our tithes and our offerings. So with that, church, I want to say thank you so much for your faithfulness and, and your giving. And I want to just remind you that we have a text to give set up if you are wanting to give digitally. We also have our app, NBCABQ, and our website, NBCABQ.com forward slash give. All those online mediums of giving, they're fast, they're safe, they're secure. You don't get none of that pesky spam text or anything like that. Uh, and if you're old school, if you carry money, if you like, you know, cash or, or checks, we have a drop boxes located in all four corners of our sanctuary. And so, church, once again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for being part of what God's doing here at New Beginnings Church. And now, would you do me a favor and turn your attention towards the screen behind me? We've got a quick little video for you today. We came to re-engage because we had become roommates. We were looking forward to learning some new things to help improve our marriage. There was an infidelity and a pornography addiction that she wasn't aware of. We were headed for divorce. We heard it was a safe place to reconnect with your spouse. And I had an affair and I was ready to leave my family for it. We were in a downward spiral in our marriage. Uh, we were just constantly fighting. The first time we walked into re-engage, I actually felt hope. I was just very nervous to see what was going to be revealed. I felt 
Finally, this is a place where I do not have to pretend. This class would require sharing and transparency, which was not something that I was used to. I really didn't want to tell people about what was going on in our marriage. I was very fearful. Uh, being an atheist, I had never willingly walked into a church. And I was so grateful as we walked in that there were people there to greet us that were so kind. The first time I walked into Reengage, I felt hope and peace. It was the first time I had ever heard people talk about really hard things they had been through and also hear that it could be okay. One of the biggest things I realized was that I was the biggest problem in our marriage, not my spouse. I had blocked out feelings, not only from my wife, but also from myself. We did an amazing job sweeping conflict under the rug, which over the years just resulted in resentment and uh, mistrust. Terry and I have been married for 19 years, and there are still areas that we can improve on. One of the biggest things I realized going through Reengage was how God's Word came alive. God actually had designed marriage. Our reengaged couples poured love into us and accepted us uh, without any expectation. And there was a, a true desire to understand and not necessarily judge what I was doing. One of the things I, I liked about reengage was being able to share our story, talk about it freely in a safe environment. Now our marriage is characterized as one full of love and grace. Our marriage is characterized by putting Christ at the center. Daily prayers. A lot of laughter. It's not perfect, but our disagreements are now opportunities. If you're considering coming to re-engage, the one thing I would want you to know is that you will be surprised at the relationships that you'll build there. It's worth giving God an opportunity to come in to your marriage. How are y'all feeling this morning? You feeling good? Yeah? Good. I feel good too. Na, 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 na. I had to do it. When I say I feel good, I had to do it. I don't know why it might be the musician in me. I had to do it. Hey, church, we want to welcome you into the house of the Lord. Uh, my name is Michael Romero. I am your worship and arts pastor, and I'd like to dismiss the young people. Young people, you're dismissed. If you have a youth in the room with you, uh, 6th grade through 12th grade, uh, youth is being dismissed. That's what young people means. And so we'd like them uh, to go into their worship service now. They're going to go get their teach and preach on. I want to hear this stuff. Just kidding. Yeah, they do. They need to hear it. <laughs> hey, church, uh, once again, we want to welcome you to the house of the Lord. Uh, I actually have... Um, I know this is not a matinee, this is not a movie theater, but I have one more short video I think you're really going to like. New Beginnings Church, God bless you. On behalf of Pastor Cindy and myself, thank you for all the love and support you've been giving us. Today's Saturday the 4th. You're listening to this on Sunday the 5th. want you to know I get my staples out this Thursday. Keep praying for good reports. Everything's going good. They're working me hard on my physical therapy, and everything's wonderful. I love you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for showing up for church. Thank you for praying for the church. Thank you for serving and giving to the church. And don't forget, this Friday, food distribution, we need you there to volunteer. God bless you. Amen. Always a nice surprise. Always a good surprise. And always a good directive. Don't forget about food distribution on Friday. 
Pastor, I hope you're listening. I, if he's watching, we want to welcome him as well into our worship time. Amen. Well, church, uh, we are, let, let's get into our sermon uh, because we have a lot to dig in to today, so I don't want to take too much time. Last time I was here, I went over by quite a bit, and uh, I, 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 I promised um, everybody, our volunteers, I said, I promise I won't do that today, so I'm not going to do that. So we'll get into it right away. Church, we are in our sixth part today of our rebuild Rebuilding Your Future series. And um, it has been, honestly, just an amazing series. I, I'm, I'm, this series for me has been so awesome. Um, and the more I think about it, when I first heard the Rebuilding Your Future, I said, well, how, how does that, you know, how does that make sense? How does that compute? And I don't know about you guys, but I had to sit back a little bit because I said, how can you rebuild something that hasn't been built yet? when we're talking about the future. And it was a little difficult for me to understand. And then you sit back a little bit and then you're saying, rebuilding my future, rebuilding my future. How does that make sense? And it kind of came and it said, well, very simple. It's kind of just changing the trajectory of your future, right? And that's what we're doing. And in rebuilding our future, we're saying, okay, we're going to change the course of where we're going. That's what we're going to do. We're going to change the course. So we're not, it's not, so take the word rebuilding and we're saying, okay, we're just going to, we're going to undo what we have been doing. I'm going to mess this one up because in my mind it makes sense. But, you know, because of our actions, you know how we have our consequences? I'm going to say, I'm no longer going to have the same consequences because of how I'm going to deal with things. And so that's what rebuilding our future is all about, is changing how we handle things, changing those kind of things, because we need to do that, to rebuild our future. Amen? And so, church, that's why I absolutely love it. And today we're dealing with something, church, that I know, uh, I know I've been guilty of it uh, plenty of times. Uh, I know... A lot of this people, a lot of you people, and, and a lot of, uh, there might be really some people in this sanctuary, rather, better said, a lot of people in this sanctuary might say, might say amen, that I've been guilty of it, because today, uh, it might have even been this morning that I've been guilty of it. You know, you might ask my family, you might ask my team members, or those who I may have come across that. But today we're dealing with how to deal with mean people. And so I don't know if I've been guilty of it. Uh, I, don't, I, I know for a fact I've been before, but hopefully it hasn't been today, right? Hopefully it hasn't been today because I've made a lot of uh, these changes. Um, I know for a fact some people have been guilty of it on that side of the pulpit. Right, we, we receive from time to time what we call um, love letters. We're just going to call them love letters, right? The little comment cards that we get from time. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, don't misinterpret what I'm saying. We love that you guys connect with us and say, hey, we, you know, we, we would like to find out more about this. And we, just like we ask you to do, and we love it. You know, but sometimes we, we get some 
some not so rather nice love letters and um, and, and so we get those from time to time so but we all go through it and and so today I want to I want to help us deal with that because we're faced with mean-spirited people I mean it's just this ongoing issue in our culture today I mean there's so much pressure on our lives that everywhere we turn there is so much negativity and just mean-spirited people everywhere we go I mean no offense to um, some women out there with the name Karen no offense but we all know a lot of Karens because today they call them Karens, right? Today they just call them Karens and we go through two or three Facebook videos or TikTok videos or Instagram videos and we can't go one or two videos without seeing a Karen go off on the cashier because she was off by a penny or two or won't accept uh, an expired coupon, Right? Or we can't go two or three videos without seeing somebody go off on a racist rant against a street vendor. Right? Or otherwise. Or even across the political aisles, there's just mean, mean people. Now, when I say mean, I got to be honest, I struggled saying the word mean throughout my sermon. Because I said, it sounds so childish. Man, you're being mean. Right? It sounds like, you know, you're being a meanie. It sounds childish. But it is what it is. Being mean. Being mean-spirited. Mean people. People with hate in their heart. People with a lot of anger. That's what being mean is. And so today I want to help you deal with it in a godly way. That's what today we're going to do. And since we're still in the book of Nehemiah, last you and I spoke, I was at this pulpit a couple of weeks ago, and we were in chapter 2, and we were talking about the power of working together. And it's when he got with the governors, and he got with the king, and he got his permission, and he did all of that, and he went through... In the territories, and he took the shortcuts. You remember we spoke about that, and and he took the days off, and he did all this, and the king said, "Yeah, cool." And he did, and then I said, and then he lived happily ever after. And then you guys all laughed for some reason, and that's because you knew I was being facetious. You knew that there was the opposition that was coming, because there's always opposition when the work of the Lord is being done, and. Today, we're looking at the opposition that Nehemiah had to face. And today, we're going to see how he was able to overcome the opposition, how he not only overcame it, how he worked through it, how he got through it, and how you and I can work through that opposition in a godly way. In a godly way. Amen? So, why don't we go into his word today? If you have your Bibles with you, if you want to leaf through and get to Nehemiah, we're in chapter 4 today. Pardon me. Today we're in Nehemiah chapter 4. If you want to get there, either uh, through your app or, um, or if you want to leaf into your Bible. But we're in Nehemiah chapter 4. We're going to read through the first uh, 12 verses. Okay? 
Here's what the Word of God tells us in the book of Nehemiah. Sanballat was very angry when he learned that we were building the wall. He flew into a rage and mocked the Jews, saying in front of his friends and the Sumerian army officers, what does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they're doing? Do they think they can build a wall in a single day just by offering a few sacrifices? Do they actually think that they can make something from stones, from uh, something of stones rather, from a rubbish heap and charred ones at that? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was standing beside him, remarked, that stone wall would collapse even if a, wa- a fox walked along the top of it. Then I prayed, hear us, O God, for we are being mocked. May their scoffing fall back on their own heads and may they themselves become captives in a foreign land. Do not ignore their guilt. Do not blot out their sins for they have provoked you to anger here in front of the builders. Verse 6. At last the wall was completed to half its height around the entire city. For the people had worked with enthusiasm But when Sambalat and Tobiah and the Arabs, Ammonites and Astrodites heard that the work was going ahead and that the gaps in the wall of Jerusalem were being repaired, they were furious. They all made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw us into confusion. But we prayed to our God and guarded the city day and night to protect ourselves. Then the people of Judah began to complain. The workers are getting tired, and there is so much rubble to be moved. We will never be able to build the wall by ourselves. Meanwhile, our enemies were saying, before they know what's happening, we will swoop down on them and kill them and end their work. Verse 12. The Jews who lived near the enemy came and told us again and again, they will come from all directions and attack us. Why don't we go before the Lord in prayer before we proceed? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We're so grateful, Lord, that from it we can receive life, Lord, and life lessons. Lord, we pray that today, Lord, we take this lesson, Lord, from Nehemiah, Lord, and it will be instilled in our hearts, Lord, and it would change, Lord, and it will allow us to rebuild areas in our life, Lord. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Well, church, today, like I mentioned earlier, Nehemiah faced that opposition. And today we're going to run through some opposition that Nehemiah faced through and how it affects you and I today, and how you and I, and how it correlates to you and I today. And some of the things that he faced, just in a quick, we're just going to go through these real quick. When they tried to stop Nehemiah's work, we're just going to look at some of the things they tried to do. They used rage. They used ridicule. They even used racism. And of course, they used resentment. 
full of resentment. That's just in the first seven verses. They used rage. They said that they went out there enraged when they were building the wall. And they were enraged. They were ridiculing them. They were standing side by side, ridiculing them as a people of God, as, as Nehemiah and, his, and the people of, of, of Jerusalem. And, and these, remember, these were all the city leaders and the citizens of, of Jerusalem were building the wall. And Tobiah and uh, Sambalot are standing side by side along with the other guys. And I'm pointing these guys out for a reason. But they're ridiculing Nehemiah and the people of God, saying, calling them feeble Jews. They're using racism. Now, I wasn't there. I don't know what else they were saying. But how many of us have heard this? It's not what you say, it's how you say it. I don't know. Maybe they go, look at those Jews. It wasn't just, oh, look at the Jews. That makes a big difference. Look at the Jews. Put a little stank on it. It becomes a little, hmm. They call them feeble Jews. Yeah, sure, they, didn't, they, weren't, they, they weren't skilled workers in that, in that area, but they were doing God's work. They knew they didn't have all the proper material. There's always a little bit of hint of truth when, when bullies come at us, right? But what they don't know is that they're neglecting the other side of the truth is that God is doing it through us. But they're ridiculing them. Also, worthy to know, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm really hitting it hard with Sambalot. They're the ones that are really put in the text by name. Everybody else is just saying, oh, we have the Arabs here, the Ammonites here, and the Ashdodites here. But these guys are named. And they're named for a reason in the word. And Sambalot and Tobiah... Both, by the way, Jews. So when people are being mean and and mean-spirited toward you, then it hurt a little bit more when it's inside the house, when it's your own brother, or when it's your best friend. Or It's like, man, I, I, I expected it from the Arab dude, man. But from a Jewish brother? Tobiah, by the way, translated to Yahweh is good. Coincidentally, why? He's actually trying to stop the good work of God that's happening. His name means Yahweh is good. And he's trying to stop the good work. I thought I'd throw that in there because I'm like, man, that's... That's difficult. That is a hard pill for us to swallow. When that kind of pain comes within the walls of our very own house. But those are some of the ways that they were trying to stop. They also used resistance. In verse 10, you see that the enemy was trying to use resistance. The people started complaining. They were saying, man, look at all this work we have to do. We're never going to finish. 
we're never going to finish. Can you believe that just three verses before, after verse 6, they, were, they said that they were working with enthusiasm. Why? Because half the walls around the entire city were already built. Because they were working with what? Enthusiasm. And then we read a couple verses down. These guys have a few words to say. And then they go, oh man, there's too much work to be done. How many of us have been there? Right? When you're working with enthusiasm, you ever been working with enthusiasm at the office or whatever it is you do for a living, right? And for, like for me, I'm an office worker, right? So I have a lot of like piles of paperwork and stuff that I get done or whatever I'm doing. I'm just click, 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 click. I'm like, man, I'm making some good headway. I'm like, good. Take a break. And then you're like, get a piece of, uh, drink of water or whatever. And then all of a sudden you see the workload that you still haven't gotten to. Anybody else? Not just me. I'm a slow worker. Okay. It must be me. But I'm like, oh my gosh, I thought I was doing good, but I'm never good. I need help. I need help. Because see, when you start working like that, you start, and you start getting that resistance. The enemy throws that resistance against you because he goes, no, it brings doubt in. And that resistance, oh, we're never going to finish. We're never going to finish. We're never going to finish. They used rumors in verse 12. People of God, people of God, they, they go, man, hey, remember them? They're going to attack us from every side. They're going to attack us from everywhere they go. They're going to attack us. They're going to attack us. And with those rumors, they're instilling fear. And they keep instilling fear and fear and fear. And you and I are no different today. That just a few thousand years ago, in today's terms, we just say, haters going to hate, man. Nehemiah didn't understand that term. But that's what we're facing. Because today, you and I are being attacked. You and I are constantly being attacked. And how do people attack you and I from doing the work of the Lord? When you and I are working and we're just living our Christian life and living out our Christian testimony and living out our Christian lifestyle at our, at our workplace or at the grocery store or wherever you may be, that is the testimony, right, that we live. It's not, it's not just here. This is where we come to worship. Where we live it out is out there. Here, we don't, we don't, we don't, play, we don't fake it in here. No, we're out there is where it counts is where we're in the trials. It's cool to be in here with other believers. That's cool. But out there is the trial. And out there when people are attacking us and you're doing the work of the Lord that he has called you to do, these are just some of the ways that the enemy comes to you and I. They attack our character and our identity. The enemy wants to get to you by attacking your character and your identity. Amen? Now, your character and your identity are everything. They're everything. To some people, not to me. Shoes are everything. But if you attack my shoes, I don't care. I, I honestly don't even know what brand of shoes I'm wearing right now. I think they're cool. I think they look all right with what I'm wearing as long as I don't look funky. 
I think, I'm, I, I, think I got them. I don't remember where I bought them. I don't know. All I know is they look all right. That's all I know. But to some people, if I talk about your shoes, they're like, it's like you're talking about my mama. Oh, yeah. To me, if you're talking about my mama, then we got problems. Right? I love my mama. But they attack your identity, your character, a piece of my identity. I'll share something about me. I have been a mariachi for 30 years, and I love it. I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. I am not ashamed of what I do. I'm proud because it's a part of my identity, because it's a part of my heritage, it's a part of my culture. I am a proud Mexican-American man, and I love what I do. And yesterday, we were at a gig, and we were, we were just hanging out. We were about 20 minutes early to a gig, and we were just hanging out in front of um, this house, uh, this birthday party that we were playing at. And um, there was about three of us, and the neighbor comes out, and... We're just shooting the, shooting the breeze, you know. How's, how was your morning? Because we don't get weekends off, right? Mariachis don't get weekends off, right? You guys hire us for the weekends, right? So we don't get the weekends off. So we don't get to say, like, how was your weekend? We're like, we're in it. Like, we're, this is work like this. But nonetheless, we get to say things like, how's life been going? How's, so we're just, how are things going? And the neighbor comes out, and he's like, hey, how are you guys doing? You know, we're in a, a different town and real ritzy area. And he comes out and he goes, oh, just coming to say how you guys are doing because you guys are looking mighty suspect in those uniforms that you guys wear. <laughs> Almost sounded like a you people statement. But I said, oh, that's a, there's the line right there. I said, he stepped pretty close to it. I said, well, that was almost an attack there on my identity. <laughs> but do you get what I'm saying? Right? When people attack your identity, you're always like, was he right there or not? But you know what it's like when people attack your identity. Whatever is a piece of your identity, you know what it's like to be attacked because they know how to take it there. They know how to take it there. And the enemy always now, I'm being somewhat lighthearted about it, but it's true when people attack your identity, you're just like, that's a piece of who you are. And that's what the enemy wants to do is stop us. Is you, that's one of the ways, rather. The other way is that they accuse us of ulterior or evil motives. In chapter 2, again, Sambalot and Tobiah, the opposition, they were first introduced to us in chapter 2. They came up, and in verse 19, way at the bottom of chapter 2, they said, are you planning on 
rebelling against the king? Is that what you're going to do? Are you going to rebel against the king? Well, first and foremost, that's not at all what was going to happen. Right? Because, number one, these guys, the king was the one that sent them. So, not at all. Right? But these guys were being accused of something. They were being accused of an ulterior motive, of an evil motive of rebelling against the king, which, by the way, is cause for death. You rebel against the king, you're done. You are done. You are done. Another way that you and I understand way too much. Man, this one hits hard because when people make up lies and rumors about you, right? See a lot of heads nodding right now. You're like, mm hmm. It stops you dead in your tracks, doesn't it? Everything is good. Everything is great. Everything is well. And then a rumor starts, and then bam, you're done. You stop dead in your tracks. You have got to stop. That's another way that people want to stop you. Now, funny story. I want to share with you a funny story, funny but tragic, but we can laugh about it now. But it's very tragic. You laugh, but it's not funny. It's very tragic. My wife almost didn't get the chance to land this. I don't know why y'all laughing. She was this close. This close. I mean. Pacha? Almost this close. We were both obviously single. And my brother and her sister, we were all in youth together. We grew up together. And it was after high school. And life had happened. And we were in our early 20s. And uh, my brother and her sister were trying to play matchmaker. And he's talking, my brother's talking to her sister, and he's going, Hey, Michael's single, and oh, Barbara's single too. Well, hey, we should try to get them together. We should, oh, yeah, cool. Well, some mitotero decides to get in the middle and go, well, you guys know that's not the guy you want from Barbara. And they go, well, why not? And they go, well, you know, he's back then, we used to use this term, you know, Mike's a player. Jabba the Hutt? Really? This guy? The only thing I knew how to play was instruments. That was it. I was not a ladies' man. Never was a ladies' man. Never was a ladies' man. 
he said, no, matter of fact, he took it a step forward. He goes, actually, I think he's married. He said, I think he's married. And a player at the same time. I'm like, geez, man, this guy just keeps going. By the way, I know who you are, man. I know who said that. I know who said that. I'm going to cash that in one day. I'm going to cash that. Where's my 12-step director? Here he is, my 12-step director there. He helped me through that one. That one. <laughs> that's right. That's a funny story, but it set us back. I'm not even lying about this. This is a 100% true story. Two years, almost two years, and she missed out. She missed out on two whole years, man. Two whole years. Have mercy, amen. <laughs> two whole years. But I say that lightheartedly, but in all seriousness, I believe with everything that is in me that my wife is my blessing. That is God's work in my life. My wife is God's blessing and God's work in my life. Amen. And I, I certainly hope I've been the same and that she would be able to say the same thing, but I can't speak for her. You might want to ask her about that. Depends on the day, right? But I say that because it stops you in your tracks. Now, I don't know if that was God's work saying, uh, you're too young, you're not ready, or for whatever reason, I don't know. But all I know is this, a rumor was started, a lie was said, and it stopped God's work from being done. I don't know. All I know is it stopped everything in its tracks. You know right now and you're thinking and you have in your mind right now a rumor that was said about you that stopped you dead in your tracks. You know it. You know it. And we're going to work through that. We're going to work through that. Look, book of Psalm, verse, uh, rather, chapter 38, 12. Meanwhile, my enemies lay traps to kill me. Those who wish me harm make plans to ruin me or have Barbara not marry me. <laughs> Two years. All day long they plan their treachery. Go down a little bit to 20. It says, they repay me evil for good and oppose me for pursuing good. I say, I translate that and say, you know what? Our lives it doesn't always seem like we're going three steps forward, one step back. Or sometimes it's three steps forward, two steps back. Or sometimes one step forward, two or three steps back. Why is it always like that? Because right here, the enemy, right here, lays traps to kill me. They repay me evil for good and oppose me for pursuing good. But the thing is, church, we have to remember that you and I have to continue to forge forward. No matter what, no matter what, you and I have to continue to move forward through the good and through the bad 
you and I have to continue to move forward. Because every time it feels like we're up here, bam, rumor, bam, lie, bam, someone is attacking our character. We're up here on the mountaintop and then, bam, someone's attacking us this way or bam, the enemy's bringing us this way. It always feels that way. And then, of course, you and I understand this all too well is that when people predict our failure, has anybody ever predicted your failure? Let me ask you. Maybe you've heard it like this. Nehemiah and the guys, they were building the wall and they go, they think they're going to build the wall with those charred pieces of stone? Ha! Yeah, whatever. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, look, I bet if, even if a fox were to walk on that thing, it's going to fall over. Ha, 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 ha. To you and I, it sounds like this. You're never going to amount to anything. Maybe you heard that as a kid. Maybe you heard that as a kid, or, or maybe, maybe you've said it like this. Hey, friend. Hey, wife. Hey, son. Hey, daughter. Hey, hey mom. Hey, dad. Hey, colleague. Hey, trusted individual. I'm doing good, man. I, I've been clean now for three days or for a week or, or for two weeks. Cool, man. Let's see how long it lasts this time. Ooh. Right? From Tobiah, the other Jew, the other guy, right? From your trusted friend, from your brother, from Sambalat, from within the house. You expect that again, you expect that from the Arabs. You expect that from the enemy, but from within the house, that cuts really deep. And when people do that, these mean-spirited people, they're just waiting and stop you from doing what God has called you to do. That's what the enemy is trying to do. It's exactly what the enemy is trying to do, but I'm, look, see, the world, also known as the enemy, is waiting for you to fail. It's waiting for you to fail. The world, enemy, right, is accusing you of evil. The world, in parentheses, the enemy is doing what else? Is attacking your character and your identity, which should be grounded in Christ. Amen? What else? The world and the enemy, also known as the enemy, is using rumors, rage, resistance, and fear against you. That's what the world is doing. But, and I love this, but here's the emergency exit. And here is where the word of God comes in because you and I always have an emergency exit when we turn to the Lord is that we are no longer a part of this world the enemy, you and I, are no longer a part of that. See, you're in this world, but you're not of this world. Not, no longer are you a part of this world. When you said yes to Jesus, 
When you said, Lord, be my savior, I dedicate my life to you, Lord. You said, I am no longer a citizen of this world. I am now a citizen of heaven. I am now a child of the king. That's who I am. That's who I am. And because of that, you and I can no longer respond the way we normally would like to. Because normally you attack my character. It's like, oh, it looks like we're going outside. Right? Let's roll these up right quick. Right? Let's roll these up right quick. Right? Now, does that mean that you and I are to be doorsteps and doormats? Not at all. Not at all. Look at the word of God tells us in the book of Matthew, chapter 10. says, look, the Lord even warned us about this. I am sending you out as sheep among wolves. So be as shrewd as snakes and gentle or rather harmless as doves. So we have to be wise about how we respond to these attacks because they really do affect your testimony. They affect yours and my testimony. We are people of God. Again, we are not doormats. I was working with somebody just a few weeks ago and they called me and they, and they called and they said, Pastor, I really need some guidance. Um, I'm going through this issue and um, it's this issue with um, custody battles and just a lot of malice in, involved and I, I don't know what to do. And I, I just, I don't know if this is the Christian thing to do is to go to the courts and do all this other stuff. And, and I said, well, if you think that's the best option for your kid, like, are you doing this because you just want to spite that person? Or are you doing this because it's really to protect the child? And they said, no, I just really want to protect my child. And I said, well, then do what you got to do. Handle your business. Don't be ashamed of handling your business. Right? Because here it says, be gentle as doves, be harmless as doves, but shrewd as a snake. We just have to be wise. See, it's not what we do that matters in some cases. Take my words, okay? It's how we handle it that matters. It's how we handle it that sets you and I apart as people of God. It's how we handle it. And so today, we're now going to look at the godly responses that you and I need to have to these attacks from the enemy. <clears throat> so if we're looking at Nehemiah, and how he responded, let's look at that. Because I think there's a lot from that that you and I can take away. Look, the first thing he did, the first thing that you and I need to do is go to the Father. Nehemiah instantly, now I'm talking instantly went to the Father. Right away, he didn't pass go, he didn't collect $200, he didn't form a committee, he didn't say, Hey, yo, uh, can we get together on Tuesday uh, so we can talk how we're going to handle these guys? Because Sambalot and the guys, man, they're really putting pressure. 
they're really, no, I have a PTA meeting on Tuesday, man, and I really can't do it. All right, well, will Thursday work? Now, ain't nobody got time for that, man. And you know what he did? The Word tells us that he immediately went to the Father. Immediately went to the Father. And you and I need to do the exact same thing. No huddles, no committees. You see, the Lord, he needs to be the very first source and not our last resort. He needs to be our first source source and not our last resort because when times of opposition comes god wants us to rely on him solely and only he'll take care of the rest he'll take care of the rest but no huddles no committees you need to go to the father the other thing you and i need to do is proclaim with confidence that our trust is in the lord he needs to, we need to proclaim with confidence now i'm not talking about sheepishly i'm not talking about yay go team like yeah the lord will help us i think i hope no that's not what he details in this word look what happens in chapter 2 of nehemiah when they first came across that when they go are you going to go against the king nehemiah said the God of heaven will help us succeed. We, his servants, will start rebuilding this wall. But you have no share, legal right, or historic claim in Jerusalem. He proclaimed with confidence. Noting, noting right there, first thing he did, he proclaimed with confidence who he is. He said, the God of heaven will help us succeed. Second, he's noted what he's going to do. We're going to succeed. The God of heaven will what? Help me succeed. The God of heaven will help me succeed. And then they proclaimed who they were. We, the servants of the Lord. That's who he called him. We, his servants. He is, I am unashamedly a servant of God. Are you unashamedly a servant of God? Are you? Because these guys are saying, we, his servants, will start rebuilding this wall. And then they sent the devil right where he belongs. He said, but you have no legal right, you have no share, no legal right or historic claim in Jerusalem, and he sent the devil right where he belongs to the pit of hell. And you and I need to take a lesson from that of how to proclaim with confidence that our trust is in the Lord because too many times you and I lay down, the second opposition comes. You'll never amount to anything. Let's see how long it lasts. Let's see if you don't mess it up this time the way you did last time. That's true, huh? That's true. Como la riego? I'm always messing up, huh? That's true. I don't even know why I even try. You may not say it that way, but that's how we feel. What you need to start doing is doing the same thing. You say, you know what? Nah. The God of heaven, he's going to help me succeed. 
And this servant is going to rebuild that wall. Whatever wall you need to rebuild in your life. And this servant is going to rebuild your wall. And you need to shut your mouth. And I rebuke you, Satan. I rebuke that lie in the name of Jesus. I rebuke that spirit right there in the name of Jesus. I rebuke that. I rebuke that. Because the God of heaven is going to help me succeed. You and I need to take a lesson from that. And the other thing that you and I need to start doing is making God our defender by our giving, our tithing, and our serving. Right? Not too many amens there. Making God by our giving. and Let me tell you what I mean by that because it's always, here we go with the tithing. Yes, here we go. And I'll tell you why. Because you know what? Our relationship with God is not a buy-in relationship because He doesn't need my measly 10%. He does not need our measly 10%. Whatever your 10% is, it might be bigger than mine. It doesn't matter what it is. It, he doesn't need it. He owns all the cattle on the hill. And the hill. Okay? He owns it all. He doesn't need that. The bottom line is, are you faithful? Are you going to continue to be faithful to Him? Why? Because it's the easiest thing to let go of when things get tough. Right? How many times have I spoken to people? I wish I could tell you how many times I've spoken to people that go, Well, why even try? I just stopped serving because nothing's going good in my life anyway. I just stopped doing this. It doesn't even matter. I know people would stop tithing and giving and serving because why? What's the point? Nothing's going good anyway. So what's the point? What's the point? Uh, I'll tell you what the point is. Um, the Lord honors obedience more than sacrifice. That is the point. And you're tithing. You're serving more than anything else. Because I've told you this time and again, even when I'm just doing just announcements, that the serving side of what you and I do is for the kingdom. It's for the kingdom. Exodus 23, 19. As you harvest your crops, bring the very best of the first harvest to the house of the Lord your God. That's what we are to do. Bring the very best. Now, he's not saying, bring me the leftovers. He didn't say, tithe after you go shopping, and then you're like, oh, I got 20 bucks left. I guess I should give the 20 bucks. No, he said, bring the very best. Scroll down, 22. But if you are careful to obey him, following all my instructions, then... I will be an enemy to your enemies and I will oppose those who oppose you. How many of you want that insurance card in your glove box? Amen? That's one way. And then the last way that you and I are to set, be set apart from this world on how we respond is understanding that God's rewards are forever. God's rewards are, ever, are forever. Matthew 5, 11 and 12 tells us, God blesses you when people mock you 
and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things about you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. You see, church, the world has promised us way too much. That is right. It promises way too much. And it's false promises, and we, you and I get nothing out of it. Maybe it feels good for this much. But the false floor beneath you is going to give in. I can't speak, or rather, I can, I can speak for myself. Not only for myself, as a matter of fact, but for quite a few people in this room and outside of the walls of this ministry and then beyond that as well, about how true God's promises are and how His rewards are forever and how His promises endure forever. I can speak on that. And you want to know how I know? I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. You see, you and I, church, you and I are no longer a part of this world. How you and I respond to our naysayers is, or just put it plainly, to the mean people in this world, to the, an enemy that is coming to attack you from every which way. This is not a rumor. This is like in verse 12. I'm telling you, the enemy is going to attack you from every which way. You've already been there. Nothing that you don't know about. But how you and I respond is what sets us apart from this world. It's what sets us, and it's going to allow you to rebuild your future and change the trajectory of not only your walk with Christ and guard your testimony, but it's going to change your family tree. Your kids are going to see it. Your household is going to see it. Your neighbors are going to see it. Everybody else is going to see it. And they're going to say, that guy's doing something different. That girl, she's making some changes. She, man, she used to blow off the handle. She's no longer doing that. He's no longer doing that. And church, if you're here today, you see, these that I'm talking about, these promises and the rewards that we just mentioned, these are for his children. And if, if you've never made a decision and said, you know what, I, I need that insurance policy. I need that insurance policy in my life. I've never made a decision for Christ. Sure, I love Jesus. I know who God is, but I've never said, I want to make that decision. And, and, and if you've never done that, and you want to do that today, will you just raise your hand? I, I never want to miss an opportunity. If you want to make a decision for Jesus today, anyone want to do that? Um, then we're all believers. Praise the Lord. Then, amen. Will you stand with me?
Do we have one? Are you making a decision, my brother, or are you getting up to stretch? It's a serious question. Uh, it's a serious question. What do you want to do, my brother? Amen. <laughs> Pastor Eddie. Pastor Eddie, will you take this man and take him to prayer, my brother? Sure, most definitely, my brother. Pastor Eddie right there, my brother, will. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah, totally serious question. Praise the Lord. The Lord is rejoicing. All of heaven rejoices. Church, right now as you're standing, you're thinking of an area of your life that you're saying, man, I really need to make this change. I really need to change how I deal with this. I know way too much about this. Trust me, my 12-step director is right there looking at me. I know this way too much. I know how difficult it is to make this pivot, to make this change. I know, but it is a change that is going to, I'm telling you, rebuild your future. I know it too much. I know it too much. Had it not been for me changing and rebuilding my future with how I respond to mean people in my life, I'm telling you, I wouldn't have the family I have today. I'd, I'd been divorced a long, my wife should have left me a long time ago. I'm not even lying about that. I'm not trying to be, oh, he's trying to, no, it's not for show. This is true. So church, right now you're thinking, do I need to make a change? Yes, you do. I'm telling you, you do. I promise you, you do. There's an area that we just touched on that, yes, you do. And so we're going to pray right now before we dismiss. Why don't we bow our heads? Lord, everyone in this sanctuary, Lord, is thinking right now of an area of their life, Lord, that they really need to change, of how they handle things, how they are to handle it, Lord, not our way anymore, Lord, but Lord, your way. First and foremost, Lord, your way, Lord, that we go to you for everything, Lord, that you, you're the main source. You're the source of life. Lord, we, we sang about it today, Lord Jesus. Your name is power. Your name is life. Break every stronghold. Lord, these songs, Lord, music, Lord, but there's these prayers that bring truth. And so, Lord, every person here, Lord, and watching from afar, Lord, is thinking of an area, Lord, right now, Lord, that they say, Lord, I really, really need to make a change to rebuild my future to change the trajectory, Lord, to change how things happen. Lord, I'm thankful, Lord, that I got to do that. And, and so, Father, I pray, Lord, that many in this place have done the same and those who have not, that they do it. To change the trajectory, Lord, of not only their life, Lord, of their witness, of their family, and change their family tree forever. Heavenly Father, Thank you once again, Lord, for your word. Thank you that we receive life from it, Lord, and the lesson today from it, Lord. We thank you for it, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen, church. You know, I want to remind you, church, join us on Wednesday, will you? It's an amazing sermon series titled Unmovable. I want you to join us on Wednesday. It would be awesome to have you guys here at 7 p.m. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord. I love you guys.